At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, where you can get in touch with me on Twitter. As always, we are live broadcasting out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Great environment, as always. Plenty to look forward to in terms of what we can bet on and to help us kind of dissect all of that. Tonight, Nick Alberga, the hockey man himself, fantasy hockey analyst over with Sportsnet. We'll go through all of the games, or at least we'll try to. There's about, what, seven or eight games tonight on the slate, so we'll try to get into all of that with Nick. Afterward, how about Matt Eumanns, co-host of The Edge right here on VEASAN. We'll get a bunch of college football action from Mr. Eumanns. If we have time, we'll squeeze in some NFL, but don't worry if we don't get to all the NFL because it is Tuesday, which means we have some teasers to look forward to. So we'll talk about those. We'll talk about some of my dimes at the end of the program, which will consist of NBA, college football, and maybe some NFL. So plenty to get to in the next hour. Like we said, let's begin it is Tuesday, which means we go through the slate, see which games and really which teams in general present the best option for a teaser, hence Teaser Tuesday. Now, historically, we always like to throw out which spots are, you know, predominantly the most viable selections to go with, and that's home favorites of just over seven and short home or road dogs catching about plus one and a half up to plus two and a half. So with that being said, let's begin with this Panthers and Falcons game. And there are going to be some other teams and games, really, that we go over uh, that aren't necessarily necessarily historically right in the bill of it. But that doesn't mean there aren't exceptions for games that you can still qualify as a good betting option. But we begin with the Panthers and the Falcons for Teaser Tuesday. And in this spot on Sunday, noon kickoff, central time. Now, this line has been going anywhere from about 2.5 and, and 3. So if you see it at 2.5, it fits the bill as the short road dog catching two and a half for Carolina here. Currently at Bet Rivers, it's up to three with the spread, so that's why it's not specifically right there as at this point if you're looking at Bet Rivers. But again, you know, this line has a capability of going back and forth from two in the hook to three. So if it is at two and a half, teasing up the Panthers would be that historically viable selection. Getting the Panthers instead of catching two in the hook to catching eight in the hook. You tease them up six, gets you through the key numbers of three and seven, and then you're looking a lot better against this Atlanta team that, yes, got the dub for us this past weekend, but certainly is a volatile team. And as I was talking about why we played them on the money money line is because I said they had the feeling of that they might win, but they're not going to make it pretty. And that's what Atlanta does. So, yeah, Atlanta could win this game, and they have the advantages more so than Carolina does, in my opinion. But I don't think it's going to be a dominating win. So, of course, teasing up Carolina would even be more advantageous to your favor if you're looking to back the Panthers. Not necessarily something I'm looking to do, but if that's something that fits up your alley, then teasing up Carolina could be a good selection for you. And look, also when the Falcons have won this season, I mean, when they beat the Dolphins, they only won by two. 
They beat the Jets by seven and the Giants by three. So teasing up the Panthers to about, you know, plus eight and a half, or even if you're teasing them up from three to plus nine, you know, the Falcons haven't won a game thus far that's been more than what the teaser number would end you up at. And the only game the Panthers have lost that's been outside of the teaser number was this past week where they dropped it against the Giants 25-3. to Otherwise, it was 34-28 overtime versus Minnesota, 21-18 versus Philly, and 36-28 at Dallas. So if you want to look at that kind of angle, Carolina could be your bright spot for a teaser leg. Let's move on, though. Let's talk Titans and Colts. This game getting a lot of attention heading into NFL Week 8, and rightfully so. I mean, look, the Colts are looking a lot better. The Titans coming off wins against Kansas City and the Bills. And this line originally had the Colts as the favorite. Flip-flop went to Tennessee as the favorite. And it went up to about one and a half. And we talk about these movements. Now it's at one. But again, this is going to have its moments where it falls into the category of the teaser option. Presumably with the Colts catching about one and a half, then you could tease up the Colts instead of catching that one and a half to them catching seven and a half as the home underdog here. This one's a tough one for me, even overall just trying to handicap it, because I do think the Titans are a little bit better team right now, but defensively the advantage lies with Indianapolis, and you could take home field advantage as much into account as you want to, but for me, I think this is just a game with so many different variables that could prove to be the difference that I don't really want to touch it. And it wouldn't shock me if now that we're all kind of gearing up to trust the Colts a little bit more. So and it took me a lot to do it on Sunday night when we ended up playing them. I was tweeting it out and I just added it as a late selection. So, of course, follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. I throw out those picks if I add them. But. You know, right when you want to trust the Colts, I feel like Wentz is going to do something ridiculous, like he almost did in that rain game, you know, flicking that pass, it turned to be an interception. I, I don't know. It's just It just seems gross all around. So I have a little bit more faith with Tennessee, so I would stay away from it. But if you're considering the Colts, you're not fully there, you want more value, look to teasing up Indianapolis. If you're getting them plus one and a half, so you could get through those key numbers of three and seven for that matchup between the Colts and the Titans. Should be a fun one. Total at 51. Could see many points in that spot. Tennessee, not the best defense, but we know how dominant that they can be offensively. Let's move on. Let's talk Denver and let's talk Washington here. Football team catching two and a half on the road. That qualifies them as the road dog that you can tease up for plus two and a half, up to plus eight and a half against Denver, who looked pretty terrible in their last outing against a very injury-depleted Cleveland Browns team. Denver couldn't tackle for squat. They couldn't move the ball. Yes, it wasn't the best weather-conditioned game, but look, we've seen other teams be capable of doing so. The past cup, well, not last night, but Sunday night was a little bit better at least. I don't know how you would look to laying points with Denver here. I get it. You're in Mile High City. You're under the key number of three. Maybe you don't trust Washington. I understand that. But I think the only angle really to go, because I wouldn't take the points necessarily with Washington here, under three, I would either just go Moneyline plus 123 or, of course, tease them up to plus eight and a half. And this is a game that I might actually end up putting in a teaser leg because I really just don't trust Denver whatsoever. It is not that I have that much more faith in Washington, but I think... With the mobility we've seen out of Heineke and what the lack of it we've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater, I think that could present more opportunities for Washington. I want to see what the injury report could be for the football team here. I know Gibson was a little bit banged up, but when they get him going, when they get McKissick going in the short passing game, this is an offense that it could at least be competent enough. I haven't seen that out of Denver, really. And I know it's a little bit of recency bias, but still, when Denver has actually gone up against somewhat decent teams... 
Well, we all know what's occurred. Nothing great for him. So getting even more points with Washington from plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5, I think that could be a really good look for your teaser slate this upcoming week. So those are really, you know, only three games that are in the perfect opportunity for the teaser, getting through those key numbers of three and seven. But I did want to throw out a couple other ones that are either creeping up into that direction or are kind of making my exception list that I would still play as a teaser spot. And it begins with the first game of the slate, Thursday night football. Now that this line has gone from, what, three and a half in favor of Arizona, now up to six and a half at home for the undefeated Cardinals. No Devontae Adams, no Lazard in this game. Who's Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to? There was always the argument that he didn't have enough players to throw the ball to in the first place, and now you're missing your number one guy in Adams and the guy who's been stepping up lately in Lazard, and you're going against this Cardinals team that not only has momentum and a lot of talent, but is second in DVOA pass defense. Tease down the Cardinals here. If you still think Rodgers can make something happen, instead of getting the Cardinals, laying them under the key number of seven with the touchdown, just tease them down for minus six and a half to a half point. So you just need the Cardinals to win outright, which they should be more than capable of doing against this depleted Packers team. Heck, even if they were healthy, I still think the advantage is with Arizona because this Green Bay defense isn't anything spectacular. This is a tough road test for them on a short week for Green Bay in a game where they almost kept letting Washington back in this past week. I just really think they don't stand a chance here. So look to teasing down Arizona here. It's going to be an insanely popular play, but rightfully so. How could it not be? I truly just don't see an avenue unless Aaron Jones does what Kamara did last night and even then some. That would be the only way I could see the Packers winning this game or if their defense, for some reason, does something magnificent and is able to limit the favorite to win MVP in Kyler Murray. That would be the only case I could see Green Bay winning. But I don't see it happening, so look to tease down Arizona. My favorite teaser probably right now. And then uh, it pains me to say this, but I'm actually liking the opportunity to tease up the Bears. Now, again, it's not right in the avenue of the historically successful teaser spot because you're not crossing three, but you could cross seven if you tease up Chicago from either three or three and a half. Get them up to about nine or nine and a half. But right now at Bet Rivers, Chicago is catching three. The early money has shown for the Bears. You're probably asking why. And I honestly get it. And trust me, I give more crap to the Bears than probably most other Bears fans. You can hear it on the Chicago City Cast five episodes a week. I just grill them all day long. But again, rightfully so. This offense is atrocious. The coaching staff, atrocious. Nothing is great about this team. But then you look at the 49ers, and what have they done? Oh, whoop de do! You beat the Lions and almost lost that game, 41 to 33. They barely beat the Eagles, who looked terrible, 17 to 11. And again, you know, the 49ers defense actually has not been that solid this year. They're letting opponents score when they get into the red zone 73% of the time, which is 26 worse in the NFL. Chicago, I, I've been giving them a lot of grief because what they rely on is that ground game, and you can't look to do that against actual good quarterbacks and good teams, i.e. the Packers and the Bucks these past couple of weeks. But you can't afford to rely on that with the way Khalil Herbert's been playing against the 49ers. So if you're not trusting the Bears fully, then tease them up here. I get it. It's not the perfect teaser spot, but I think it's a good enough one, and I like teasing the Bears up from plus 3 to plus 9, plus 3.5, plus 9.5, whichever one you get. And heck, it might get down to 2.5. But I really think it's actually, I can't believe what I'm saying, but it's actually a good spot for the Bears here at home against the 49ers in a must-needed winning game for Chicago. 
And then finally, really quick, one that may get up to a teaser spot, Patriots and Chargers, five and a half. If you get it up to six, I think instead of laying the five and a hook with the Chargers, I would tease them down against the Patriots. Not there yet fully on it, but a strong consideration. But at the end of the day, the teaser that I did make going into NFL Week 8 thus far, teasing down the Cardinals to a pick when they were laying six, and the Bears up to nine and a half when they were catching three and a half, would still tease down Arizona, still tease up Chicago. That's one teaser I've got thus far. Switching it up, talking puck next. Nick Elberga joining us. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. That's right, because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got the Chicago City Cast, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now the Denver City Cast as well. So subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your podcasts made available to you. Get hooked up with five episodes every single week. Back at it here on Rush Hour. It is VCD Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 on the tweets is where you could follow me. And our next guest, my favorite Twitter handle for all of our hmm. guests at the Golden Muzzy, it's Nick Alberga, ladies and gentlemen, the hockey expert himself. Does great work over at Sportsnet, serving as a fantasy hockey analyst and gives us great picks on a nightly basis when we have him on. And Nick, look, uh, to me, this hockey season has not treated me kindly. I've only played a couple of bets, but I, I guess for me, someone not as completely ingrained as you are, I like to let it marinate a little bit and then get a good idea of this season but certainly you're following it on a night-to-night basis and tonight we got plenty to get into so I want to begin with the matchup that people probably maybe you did but before the season didn't think could be as intriguing but how about the Devils and Flames tonight this one seems to be drawing a little bit more of attention and we see the Devils as a minus 118 favorite the Flames catching 102 with a total of six what do you think can happens in this matchup yeah, the, the Flames are really, really sneaky. And once again, great to be on with you, Danny. I just think you look at the Calgary Flames so far this season. I think they've exceeded expectations. Defensively, they've been pretty steady. And I think you look at the line in this game. Uh, I'm inclined to fade New Jersey because, and, and you mentioned it, like I understand, uh, you know, Calgary's coming off an impressive win on Broadway last night. But um, the Devils are banged up right now. You know, Jack Hughes is out of that lineup. And more specifically, in between the pipes where there's no Mackenzie Blackwood, there's no Jonathan Bernier, and they're going with a rookie in Nico Dawes, his second career appearance here in the National Hockey League. So I'm fading New Jersey. I'm certainly looking at the uh, Calgary Flames tonight. Um, they're playing really, really well right now. I would not be shocked if they pull this one out on the road tonight. Okay, well, what about this next game, though? Because like I said, you know, I haven't been going too crazy with the plays. One I was strongly considering, and I haven't done anything yet, so I'm waiting for your analysis. But what about the Kraken and the Canadians? It seems like Seattle's getting a little bit of love here in the market, up to minus 125. Montreal's catching plus 108. This total we're seeing at 5.5. My lean is with Seattle, but i got to wait to see what you think about this game first. You're going to laugh. I, I can't comprehend how a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year in Montreal, granted, they've struggled out of the gates. They lost the first five games. I thought they were much better against Detroit the other night. 
how there's such a definitive dog against a team like Seattle. <laughs> their first year in the league, they haven't looked good. They lost to Vancouver in their home opener. Um, I, I like Montreal in this game, quite frankly. I think Montreal's a better team on paper. I think they have some guys who are due. I'm certainly looking, as I hinted on my uh, when I tweeted out this show that I was coming on, I like the uh, prop bet of Cole Caulfield finally finding the back of the net. He has one assist through six games so far this season, and the odds are almost 4-1. to one. So I think you sprinkle a bit of coin. I think he's overdue. The guy's a bona fide sniper. So I'm looking at Caulfield to score tonight, and I think Montreal finds a way to get the job done here in Seattle. Uh, hostile territory. I understand it's their second-ever game on home ice. I just don't think they're a good team, Danny. See, this is why I got to refer to you before I do anything crazy. But, Nick, no, you bring up a good point. I mean, this team was just making it deep in the postseason, albeit they, you know, came up losers. And then Seattle certainly hasn't done anything impressive. Is this kind of one of those situations early on where, say, you as a better can take advantage of, say, maybe the recency bias because of the slow start for some of these teams? And is Montreal, like, in your mind, going to inevitably pick it back up and then you just kind of bet them and take the good price while you can? Well, Montreal's a tricky one, right? Because there's a lot of people, especially here in Canada, who, who felt like they weren't as real as a team that went to the Stanley Cup final. They got hot, and they took care of business here in this country en route to the Stanley Cup final, where they're just absolutely smothered by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think there's only one way to go here for, for, for Montreal, and that's up. Uh, they've had an abysmal start. I think certainly when you look at the offense and you look at the over-unders, I think you start to peak at the overs just a tad more because Montreal has not been providing any offense whatsoever. And they finally hit an over on Saturday against the Detroit Red Wings. So potentially you look at that uh, in this game. I I just think there's some pretty good players on this roster. And they're going to find a way to get that offense going just a tad. You know, it's been a slow start for Jeff Petrie, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Mike Hoffman, Christian Dvorak. Up and down that list, you look at that Montreal roster. I can't say that they're a bona fide cup contender. But I think they're going to be much better than they've shown in the first six games of the season. That's for sure. Okay, Nick, can you talk about a team being much better? How about San Jose? The Sharks team's gotten off to a hot start mm-hmm. tonight. They're going on the road against the Predators, and the Sharks catching plus 118. People are thinking Nashville is the better team, potentially, as they're laying minus a buck 37. This total is at six, but it's shaded to the under minus a buck 20. You roll with the hot squad and the Sharks, or do you trust the home team here? Well, that's a surprising thing. One of the surprising things I've gathered from the, you know, the betting crop so far this season is people seem to love the Nashville Predators. I, I, and I understand they're at Bridgestone Arena. I understand it's a difficult building to play in, but they're not good. Like they're, they're not a team that I feel that powerful about to take the odds and go with them. Like I rather fade them and 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 hope for the best. And and that remains a story and true tonight against the San Jose Sharks, as you mentioned. Uh, we're four and zero through through Canada. Obviously a bit of a blip uh, the other night, but certainly I think you look at that roster, guys exceeding expectation right now. They're getting strong goaltending. I would certainly look at the under in that game. The Predators at the best of times struggling to provide offense. I know they scored five the other day against the Minnesota Wild, but I just don't like the composition of that roster. I don't think they're as good as the betting landscape would suggest. And um, most times when Nashville plays, I'm fading. I'm going with the opposition, and that remains true tonight. I I like San Jose. I know it's the last game of a grueling road trip, but I think they're going to find a way here tonight. Okay, so Nick going with the dog there in San Jose. What do you got for us in this game that's going to start in about 40 minutes or so, Nick? Lightning and Penguins, this should be a fun one. Tampa Bay, they opened up about minus buck 40. Now it's down to minus 127. Penguins is the home dog, catching about plus 108. This total at 5.5 shaded to the over. What do you foresee happening in this matchup? 
Yeah, this is a tricky one again, Danny. I think you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously have exceeded expectations so far this season. No Crosby, no Malkin. Uh, in recent games as well due to COVID and some injuries, no Chris Letang, no Jeff Carter. Like, it's surreal. Then they stopped the Maple Leafs on Saturday night. So that just makes it even more difficult from a betting perspective uh, to go and fade the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I think you look at Tampa, like, it, back-to-back Stanley Cups, uh, it's been a slow, slow start. You lose Nikita Kucherov. You lose last night against Buffalo. Like, how about the Sabres laying the smackdown on the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions the way they did last night. And Brian Elliott's numbers, by the way, were tremendous career-wise. So you move forward to this night. I think it's your perennial, like, take-care-of-business game. Um, Pittsburgh found a way to beat Tampa on opening night. Um, I think you look at Andre Vasilevsky, certainly, for my money, the best goaltender on this planet. I think Tampa finds a way to rebound. I've actually sprinkled a bit of coin on the puck line. I I know I'm treading with danger there, but so be it. you got to live with some fire sometimes in the betting world. Uh, but I certainly like Tampa to win this game tonight. They just have to say enough is enough. And especially coming off a loss against Buffalo, where earlier in the day yesterday, John Cooper, their head coach, sort of called them out, and they really didn't respond. I think we do see a response tonight. But again, I could be wrong because Pittsburgh's been an outstanding story so far this season. Now, look, your logic is sound. I mean, losing to this team at the beginning and then the embarrassment last night, they're going to need a spark somewhere. And- Having the yeah. win tonight certainly could be the one that they need. And trusting Vasilevsky usually is a pretty profitable venture. Um, also, before we head out here, Nick, a game and really just two teams that have been a little bit perplexing, the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. Now, granted, VGK has been banged up and Colorado was to start things out, but the Avalanche up to minus 186, the Golden Knights plus 160, this total at six. How do you handicap this sort of game with all the other kind of outlying Uh, variables that really factor into this matchup. Yeah, who saw this coming, right? And certainly it started from the beginning with Colorado and Nathan McKinnon, uh, you know, contracting the whole COVID situation, which put them, uh, you know, behind things so far. And then you look at Vegas. They're they're beyond banged up right now. Certainly without Max Pacioretty, you know, without Mark Stone, Alec Martinez is another guy not playing right now. And I think you look at these two teams, many view as perennial contenders to win the Stanley Cup, and they're sort of a shadow of themselves right now. eh? I think, you know, you obviously have to be smart in the way you handicap this game, but I think goaltending will be a big story for me that I wonder if people are looking at the over when it's, I think it's a big moment for Darcy Kemper, who's coming by way of the Arizona Coyotes has sort of struggled out of the gates and Robin Leonard, like this is a, this is a benchmark type game. I think for both teams, regardless of the injuries to see how they stack up against each other, considering they always seem to play in the Stanley cup playoffs and they're pretty much rivals at this point. I think this game is going to be tight, but I'm sort of siding with Colorado. I just don't know if Vegas has the offense right now. Although they threw everything but the kitchen sink on the St. Louis Blues the other night, I still like Colorado, especially at home. All right, yeah, and that's what the betting market thinks. Colorado up to minus 186, and if you want to go with the puck line instead, you're getting about plus 135 taking on the banged-up Golden Knights. Nick, my man, as always, love talking puck with you. Thanks for keeping it up with us in terms of all the analysis and notes and bets, and uh, best of luck. We'll look forward to catching up soon. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Again, at the Golden Muzzy, where you can follow Nick on Twitter. Great follow for all your hockey updates, news, info, injuries, betting odds, and more. Also, at Sportsnet, where he is a fantasy hockey analyst. Coming up next, we're going back to the gridiron. Matt Humans, ladies and gentlemen, the Portillo's lover himself, talking college football with us next.
This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. And you can do that by starting your free trial with VSIN to get full access to all of our sports betting experts. And it includes 24-7 video streaming. You also get daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Back at it here on Rush Hour. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Andy Burke, your host, and we are live here in the Windy City at the Bet River Sportsbook. Joining us now out on the West Coast, the legend himself, Matt Humans at Matt Humans 247, co-host of The Edge here on VSIN, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time with JBT. Matt, a pleasure as always to have you on. I've been working hard on that petition to get Portillo's out by you in Sin City. We're almost there, but we're getting close. So uh, hopefully you've been able to kind of fill that void in the meantime. Wow. That's good. That's good news, Danny. Keep working on it, man. I can't wait to see Portillo's out of here. I heard that uh, Portillo's went public last week. And uh, have you bought any stock yet? <laughs> I've been waiting a little bit, you know, <laughs> just just feeling it out a little, just dipping my toe in the water. But that's right. So hopefully that means expansion for you, Matt. We'll we'll try to get a care package out to you as soon as possible. But uh, look, Matt, we got a lot to look forward to for this betting slate, not only tonight but further on in the week. And first, before we get to college football, because I know you got a lot of action there, let's talk about the World Series. Astros, Braves, Houston tonight minus one thirty six favorite at Bet Rivers. Atlanta catching plus one seventeen. This totals at eight and a half what are your thoughts not only for this game but really for the entirety of the series yeah i, I lean over in this game for the record i did not bet it i lean over the total uh charlie morton has not been that sharp in the postseason <clears throat> and uh oh, that was a great last time out against the red sox uh but i don't know if that was um an outlier or if you know if he's going to show up and pitch that well again tonight against the uh, braves I'm pulling for the Braves in this series. They've had a lot of October frustrations dating back to the 1990s. You know, I'm a Yankees fan. It was hard for me to watch uh, one minute of that Red Sox-Astros series. Uh, I would like to see, I think, Freddie Freeman at a lot, around 10-1, to 11-1 to might be a decent play for MVP. I'm probably going to play the Braves in the series, but I do not play, uh, did not play this before game one. I'll typically, a lot of times in NBA or a baseball series, I'll wait back. I'll sit back and wait to see the result of game one and maybe grab a much uh, better price and inflated price on the Braves to win the series if they happen to lose tonight. I just don't go into this series in game one with a lot of confidence in uh, Charlie Morton tonight. Uh, so I'm going to be on the sidelines. Yeah, and I really think that's kind of a sound strategy unless you're going with Houston because that's personally what I'm looking to do because of the pitching matchup. This might be the most favorable one for Houston right out of the gates because Morton hasn't been that great on the road really this whole season and as you alluded to, this postseason. So if you want to bet the Braves, maybe you stay a little bit patient like Matt's doing, then look to jump in on that series price, which is definitely going to get more juicy if you wait and they end up losing. Uh, but, Matt, let's move on from baseball, though. Again, a lot of college football to delve into. And let's start with the big one here in our spot, being the Midwest. We've got Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, the Spartans catching four in the hook at home. This total down to 50-and-a-half. Personally, my favorite play was going under 51-and-a-half a little bit earlier today. You're looking at Michigan State here, is that correct, now that this lines up to about four-and-a-half? 
yeah, I, I thought the right line in this game was two and a half. I mean, maybe you could make a case that Michigan should be a three-point favorite. I really don't think four and a half is uh, justified. I've watched every game these te- two teams have played. I think they're mirror images of one another. And, uh, you know, we've seen this with Jim Harbaugh teams in the past where uh, they kick butt, they play the bully role in September and October against some inferior opponents, and then they get to November in the bigger games and fall flat. We've seen uh, Michigan State take care of Michigan in recent years. Uh, I just, uh, I, I'm basically playing this on the number. I think it should be Michigan minus two and a half. I'll take four and a half with the home dog. Uh, they can run the ball. Both these teams, like I said, both these teams run the ball well and defend well. I think it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. I like the idea of getting four and a half. And like you, I played this under 51, not for a big bet, but I got a half unit on the, under the total of 51. It's, it looks like the typical Big Ten type of game, where I think it could be 23-20 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm banking on here. I mean, you got Kenneth Walker, who's the main reason for the success offensively, Michigan State. Michigan on the other side, they defend the run game pretty well, and they like to utilize that offensively themselves. When you kind of get this type of game, especially in the Big Ten, it seems to go lower scoring. So we'll be sweating that one out together. Uh, Matt, sticking in the Big Ten, I just had to talk to you about this game, even if you weren't interested in it or not, because I just needed to get someone's thoughts. Wisconsin at home lane three and a half against Iowa. This total down at 36 and a half. I, this game just screams frustration all around, no matter how you bet it, because looking at this, I can't see how you would lay three in the hook with Wisconsin, despite what happened this past week against your Boilermakers. I get that I was a little bit banged up, and Petrus is nothing special, but there's just no way I can trust Wisconsin laying over the key number of three. Yeah, you're right. What you have here is two coaches who are afraid to let their quarterback lose the game. Uh, so Kirk France doesn't want to let Petrus lose the game, and obviously... We saw Paul Chris doesn't. He's not going to let Graham Mertz lose it. Last week against Purdue, he was five for eight passing. Uh, but Purdue's quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, gave the ball away so many times it didn't matter, and Purdue couldn't stop the run. Uh, so, and that was kind of a bad spot for Purdue off the big win at Iowa. It's not a big surprise that Wisconsin went in there and won that game. I just don't know uh, what to make of these two teams right now, except for it's going to be a, a run-based, defensive-oriented, ugly football game. I can't play under a total of 36.5 because you might have a defensive score, special team score. Uh, there would be all sorts of fluke things. You could put that game over the total, over a low total like that. So I stayed away from the total. I think Wisconsin wins a really ugly game. But, you know, if you, if you told me I had to play it and um, I had to make a significant bet, I'd probably take the three in the hook with the Hawkeyes because it looks like points are going to be at a premium in a game like this. Uh, but again, I would I would say, give me Wisconsin to win seventeen to sixteen, Danny. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that that's a beautiful, ugly Big Ten game, and I wouldn't imagine yeah. it any other way. Let's even hope they could get the seventeen, though. I mean, look what happened with Penn State and Illinois. That was like the pinnacle of the Big Ten matchup, and I'm oh, sure we'll man. have something similar with this game. That oh, uh, that was just that was something else. But hey, uh, maybe we can get a little bit more excitement out by you on the West Coast. I was actually very curious about this game too, so I'm glad you had some thoughts on it. BYU in Virginia, we see the Cougars laying two in the hook at home. 62.5 is this total, a little bit different than the total we just discussed. I'm leaning toward BYU here. Do you believe that is the correct side in this game? Yeah, I'll give you a brief analysis here. I know we don't have a lot of time, but this is Bronco Mendenhall against his former team, BYU. I think BYU is definitely better on the defensive side of the football, and I like their quarterback play a little bit better as well. 
And it's, uh, you know, again, not an easy trip for the Cavs to go out to Provo. And BYU, by the way, is, what, 5-0 and against Pac-12 opponents after beating Washington, Washington State last week. Uh, I'm, I laid BYU minus two here. Not a big bet, uh, but like I said, I, I think BYU, I've got BYU slated, uh, rated slightly better on both sides of the ball, so I laid the two. I thought it was a little bit of a curious number. I actually made the number three and a half. Okay, yeah, I'd like to hear that too because I'm, I'm leaning toward BYU. I haven't played it officially but might end up making that a play. Uh, what about UCLA and Utah here? You talk about Pac-12. This matchup has the Bruins catching 6.5 on the road, total in this one 60 in the hook. Do you look to taking the points with UCLA? I mean, what gives with this line? Yeah, I made the number uh, here 3.5, uh, Utah. And it doesn't really matter to me who starts a quarterback for UCLA, if it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson or Ethan Garbers. I think Garber's got a bright future. Um, he might be ready to play in a big-time game like this on a Saturday night. He stepped in last week against Oregon down the stretch and played well until he threw the game-clinching pick and telegraphed the pass out in the right flat. But uh, the key here is UCLA just wants to run the ball. Chip Kelly's going to pound the rock. And uh, Utah has had trouble stopping the run, surprisingly. Allowed 260 yards on the ground to Oregon State last week. I've been on Utah frequently. I was against the Utes last week on the road in a sandwich spot in the schedule. I think the number's inflated here. Uh, UCLA can run the ball, put some points on the board. The UCLA defense stinks. I was on the Bruins last week. I was really frustrated with that blown 14 nothing lead and the loss to the Ducks. But I did take six and a half here with uh, UCLA. I think Britton Brown and um, uh, what's his name, Zach, uh, I forgot the Michigan transfer. Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer running back. Those guys are going to get the uh, majority of the work, and UCLA can run the ball in Utah. There you go. Taking the points with the Bruins, baby. That is what Matt Humans is riding. If you want to get more of his bets and plays, of course, catch him hosting The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, and the VSIN Point Spread Weekly. Get you hooked up, vsin.com slash subscribe. Matt, keep up the great work. Thanks for taking some time. Looking forward to talking more football and other sports throughout the remainder oh, yeah. of the season. No doubt, Danny. I got about 15 plays this week, so uh, good luck to you as well. (laughs) Love it. Matt Humans, ladies and gentlemen, at Matt Humans247. Always love catching up with Matt, a Midwest guy himself. Got to get him that care package for Portillo's, especially once he gives us those winners. We got to repay him. Speaking of winners, hopefully we give you some as we're rounding out another edition of Rush Hour. We've got Danny's Dimes coming up next. Baseball, basketball, and some college football. Stick around. We'll conclude with that. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups, plus, they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com to place your bets. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. 
must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia and Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All right, it is the final segment here on a Tuesday evening. Thank you for joining us on VCD Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are live, as always, out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Excitement in the book is we are waiting for the start of the World Series. So let's take you to that and get you ready with Danny's Dimes. All of our best bets, not only for some of the action tonight, but for the upcoming week. So let's get to it. My best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes. We begin on the Diamond. World Series, baby. Houston and Atlanta. Let's talk Game 1. Not as much interest with the series right now because I want to see how Game 1 plays out. Do lean Astros, but I am playing the Astros tonight in game one. Houston, minus a buck 36. Atlanta's catching plus 117 currently. This total's at about eight and a half right now as it sits at Bat Rivers. We we're talking a little bit about it with Matt Humans. And look, you know, Charlie Morton has been fine, right? I mean, he's been solid when they've needed him to be, but my issue with Morton is he hasn't been great necessarily on the road. The Braves, 1-2 and two in his postseason starts this uh, postseason, obviously, and both of those losses coming on the road. This postseason, he's gone 14.1 innings pitched, 10 hits, he's allowed 6 earned runs. He has racked up 19 Ks in a 3.77 ERA. It helps, though, when you're facing the Brewers, who don't really have a good offense. And he did face the Dodgers once and had a respectable outing against Los Angeles, for sure. But he's got a 3.55 xFIP on the road this whole season altogether at a 3.09 at home. So again, Morton a little bit better at home. Framber Valdez, the southpaw on the other side for Houston. No Lance McCullers, which is a huge blow to Houston, no doubt about that. Uh, about that, excuse me. So at this point, Valdez is kind of your top guy right now that you have to rely on. So if there's a guy to get the job done right away, it's got to be Valdez. And you're not paying that much, in my opinion, for the price for Houston. Again, it's up to minus 136. I wouldn't go to 140 or above, but if you're below, I'd still play it. I snagged at minus buck 30 earlier tonight, but still would play minus 136 because Valdez has the Astros 3-0 and in his postseason starts thus far. He's gone 15 innings pitched. 16 hits he's allowed, 7 earned runs. He does have an high, a higher ERA of 4.20, but she did have better bats being the White Sox and the Red Sox than Morton has seen, at least in my opinion. He's got a 3.45 ERA at home and a 3.57 XFIP at home. Aside from that, I give the slight pitching advantage to the Astros. You look at how the Astros have performed offensively in this postseason at home. They got an 836 OPS this postseason at home. They had a 787 OPS at home during the regular season, which is still amazing, but 836, incredible. Versus righties this postseason, 771 OPS. Hit versus righties, 781 OPS in the regular season. Now, looking at Atlanta with their batting splits, during the regular season on the road, they had a 743 OPS for southpaws, 732 OPS. Different story this postseason, though. They're killing lefties, 935 OPS. Smaller sample size, but still demolishing them as of this point. But the issue with the Braves' this postseason is the bats haven't necessarily come alive away from home. 686 OPS. They were better at home and versus righties during the regular season. So that's larger sample size. I think the home and road split, just to begin at least, 
is the way to look at this significantly enough to want me to back the Astros, who do have a little bit better bullpen ERA this postseason as well. 3.42 for Houston compared to 3.56 by Atlanta. I know, I'm nitpicking, but again... Houston has the advantage in this whole series, I believe, and starting out with Valdez in the spot with the dominant bats they have, I think the momentum is in favor of Houston for Game 1. We bet them Game 1 against the Sox. We bet them Game 1 against the other Sox, too, and it's been going well for them. So, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's go with the Astros again tonight in Game 1. Play them on the money line as they're taking on the Atlanta Braves Game 1 of the World Series. All right, let's go to the hardwood, though. Let's talk some basketball. Had a nice winner. We were talking about hitting that flyer with the double-double with the Chua at plus 400. Hopefully you're able to tail on that. Uh, we're looking for another team total bet, though. This is the route we're taking. We did it with the Bulls last Friday, I believe it was, and they soared over that against the Pelicans. Hopefully a similar kind of result with Golden State tonight as they're taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder and... To say Oklahoma City hasn't been great defensively might be an understatement. But look, the team total for the Warriors, about 116.5 at Bet Rivers. I actually was able to get the 116, and there's still some out there if you could find it, but would still definitely play Golden State Warriors over 116.5 for their team total. Because look, OKC has a defensive effective field goal percentage of 57%. You may not know what that means, but let me put it this way. It's 28th worst in the NBA. OKC is allowing opponents to make about 66% of their shots at the rim, 21st worst, 43% from mid-range, 22nd worst, and 40% from three, which is 28th worst. Now, you look at Golden State's offense, they're getting about 112 points per 100 possessions, which is fifth best in the association. They have an effective field goal percentage offensively of 54.5%, which is seventh best. Now, you also take into account, if you want to, I know it's different circumstances, but last season against the Thunder, Golden State racked up 136 in one game, 118 in another, and then 147 in another spot against this Oklahoma City team. Plus, Thunder allowed the Rockets to drop 124 against them. Sixers got 115, Jazz got 107, but the Warriors have more than enough talent and discipline to get over this mark. Plus, they've already gone over it twice. They dropped 121 against the Lakers, 119 against Sacramento. They had 115 against the Clippers, barely missed it. But you got to think this Oklahoma City team a little bit worse defensively than all those squads. So give me Golden State Warriors, team total over 116 or 116 and a half, depending on where you can get it. That's the play we're rolling with tonight on the hardwood. Let's go to college football before we head out here. I know we touched on some of them, and I kind of hinted in the direction I was going to with Matt Humans. But let's kind of recap the games that I am interested in and are playing, and that's going to be Michigan and Michigan State. Now, okay, well, I guess as of this point, I've really only got the one game that I'm officially playing, but I did want to talk about another you should consider. But starting up in Michigan with the Wolverines and Spartans. Again, this line at about 4.5 in terms of the spread, and the total has come down. 53.5 was the original opener. Now it's at about 50.5, so I played it under 51.5, and, and that's somewhat significant in terms of, you know, kind of key numbers for totals because you get the 27-24 type of game in which it could end in a field goal type of matchup, which we were talking about it with Dan Leach, huge Michigan fan. Him and I kind of thinking that's how we could see it ending up. And if you can get it up to 51, and naturally 51.5 would be more ideal, but at 51, I would still entertain the thought of playing it under. Below 51, maybe a little bit hesitant on that, but I'm sure you could 
shop around and find the number. But look, the main reason why is because Michigan State, as I alluded to when we were talking with Matt Humans, I mean, Kenneth Walker's their guy, right? They rely on him a lot to carry that offense, to control the tempo, slow down that clock that gives advantage to the Spartans. Michigan, though, defensively, uh, they're allowing just about 117 rushing yards per game. So if they're able to slow him right out of the gates, that is going to bode very well, not only for Michigan, but for this total staying under. On the other side, Michigan is a team that predominantly likes to use the ground attack, too. I mean, they're racking up 253 rushing yards per game themselves. Spartans limiting their opponents to just 121 rushing yards per game. Aside from all those numbers that I could toss out at you, this just has that kind of typical feel where not only in the Big Ten where it could be a lower-scoring game, but a rivalry game in-state where a lot is on the line. Everybody's going to be playing a little bit more tight, right? It's not going to be loosey-goosey. I don't know if you're going to take those big of risks right away as you normally would in these type of games. So I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a gritty game, and we'll see who can get that ground game going or have the one or two explosive passing plays, but it's not going to be a consistent thing. So I'm playing the under 51.5 for this matchup between Michigan and Michigan State. Now the game really quick before we uh, kind of just recap all my plays that I did consider. Haven't played Rutgers, Illinois. If you're able to bet this game out of the state of Illinois, good situational spot for the Scarlet Knights coming off a of bye, Illinois. They're going on the road, beating Penn State in nine overtimes. Nine overtimes. Tough, tough spot for Illinois to bounce back from. Sharp money has moved it to Rutgers being the favorite, so consider Rutgers on the money line. If you feel confidence in the Scarlet Knights, seems hard to muster up the courage to put money on them, but good situational spot for Rutgers. But overall, the plays that I am rolling with for Danny's Dimes, we are doing under 51.5 for Michigan and Michigan State. Golden State Warriors over their team total of 116 or 116 and a half, depending on where you can get it. And then we had the teaser with the Cardinals down to a pick'em, Bears up to plus nine and a half, and the Astros taking game one of the World Series against the Braves. Best of luck if you tell. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. We'll catch up again tomorrow.